we've made a change at quarterback. I spent time with Russ this morning and obviously disappointed. He's a veteran that teams would look at because he's going to be very cheap. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. You may not see Russell Wilson's name out there for you know another few weeks. There might be some interest, but it's not going to be at the level that teams once were interested in Russell Wilson. Welcome to NFL Live on a Monday. Hannah Storm along with Mina Kimes, Dan Graziano, and Bill Barnwell. So let's get started. One of the biggest NFL offseason questions, the future of Russell Wilson. Quite a journey since he left Seattle for Denver under two different head coaches. Russ ranking 25th over the last two seasons in total QBR, winning percentage, and completion percentage. His record eight games under 500 with the Broncos after he was 51 games over 500 in a decade with the Seahawks. Russ addressing his future on the I Am Athlete podcast. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. I want to win more Super Bowls there. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you, too. Cross, if nothing else, he's relentlessly positive and always has been. So, uh, wants to stay in Denver, wants to win a couple of Super Bowls in the next five years. Can you lay out the realities of his situation for us, please? Yeah, the reality is really contained in that last thing he said, but one, you need to be in a place that wants you. And the, the, the Broncos benched Russell Wilson for the final two games of the season, even though he was healthy. Uh, they would like to move on. He's guaranteed to make $39 million this year, no matter what. Uh, if he's still on their roster on St. Patrick's Day, he gets an extra $37 million guaranteed in the form of 2025 salary. So they'll certainly move on by then, likely in the form of a post-June 1st designated release so they don't have to take an $85 million cap hit, uh, and they'll have to pay him $39 million. That's critical because that there's offset language in the contract. Any money he makes from a new team that he signs with, the Broncos get back, like deducted from that $39 million. So really, you're, you're going to be able to get Russell Wilson for veteran minimum salary uh, if he's the guy you want. Yeah. Yeah, what's notable to me about his latest comments um, is not that he would like to win two Super Bowls in five years. I don't think that's likely unless he were to stay in the division and go back up Patrick Mahomes. And that's not even about Russ. That's about the teams who need quarterbacks uh, because there aren't exactly, you know, Super Bowl contenders looking for uh, an answer at the quarterback position right now. But there are teams that I think are competitive. And if that is what he is most interested in, if that is what he is prioritizing at this point in his career, to Dan's point, He's a very cheap option for these teams and thus would be attractive uh, if he were to not try to seek out the highest bidder. I think a couple teams that come to mind along those lines are uh, Pittsburgh, which, you know, manages to win regardless of who's under center. And then Atlanta. And for me, that's really about the division, which, as we saw last year, is very winnable team that has a good roster uh, that just needs a quarterback. I don't know if he is the answer that they want, but from Russell Wilson's perspective, that would make, make sense. Mina brought up Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense for a few reasons, not just, of course, because they've won with 
a variety, we'll say, of quarterbacks under center over the past few years, but because of what they do on the offensive side of the ball, and that's throw to the sidelines. The Steelers throw to the sideline about 49% of the time. That's the highest rate of any offense in football last year. And Russell Wilson at this point, what he does best is throw to either sideline. Last year, he was number one in the NFL in QBR on throws outside the numbers. So the Russell Wilson who takes those deep shots, who still wow. has that pretty deep ball, didn't get to show it much last year in Denver, but might get to show it more in an offense that plays to that strength and the Steelers could be that offense. Yeah, 17 passing touchdowns outside the numbers, top five in the NFL. But Mina, here's the deal. When a team sheds somebody in the organization, we talk about this with coaches, quarterbacks. I mean, the question always is, What's out there that's better? So where do you see yeah. Denver going from here if indeed they cut Wilson? It's tricky for Denver. This isn't like the Bears where when we talk about them moving on from fields. It's very obvious why uh, there isn't a very clear path for the Broncos to their quarterback of the future. There, there's a few options, though. One would be to just take a bridge quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, for example, uh, and who won't cost a ton of money uh, to get them past this point where they're still paying Russell Wilson a lot of money, even though he's not on the team, if they were to let go of him. Another option would be to hope uh, a quarterback they like falls to them at pick 12. But that's a tricky spot, Hannah, because not only are they behind a bunch of teams at the top of the draft who are going to take probably the top three quarterbacks uh, in Chicago, Washington, and New England, they're also behind Minnesota, which is another team I think a lot of us expect to be eyeing that next group of quarterbacks in the draft so they might have to potentially jump the Vikings to get in Atlanta who I mentioned earlier is ahead of them as well and then the third option would be if New England didn't want a quarterback at three to trade up to that spot but increasingly it looks like they that's going to be a quarterback so um, for me, I'd say unless they really love one of that second tier of quarterbacks, I would probably go for a bridge option like Jacoby Brissett, who I've always been very high on. But it is a difficult situation for Denver. There are no very obvious choices. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them to trade up all the way to three, even if that's possible, just because of all the draft capital they've traded away for Sean Payton and for Russell Wilson over the yeah. past few years. I mm -hmm. think a bridge quarterback makes sense, and I do really believe, like Mina, in Jacoby Brissett because of what the Broncos did last year. Again, go back to what they did a year ago. They were 0-6 when they turned the ball over two times or more, much better when they protected the football. And what Jacoby Brissett does best over the course of his career, no matter where he's been, is avoid turning the ball over. He has a yes. career interception rate of 1.4%. That's Aaron Rodgers level, Tom mm -hmm. Brady level. No, he's not those guys in the rest of his level of play. Jacoby Brissett is not <laughs> a franchise caliber quarterback, but he can protect the football, and that could be enough for the Broncos to be competitive. Yeah, second lowest interception percentage in history to quarterbacks that have thrown a 1,000 passing wow. attempts to Aaron Rodgers, uh, to your point, Bill. All right, <laughs> on to Cincinnati. The Bengals have made a decision on wide receiver T. Higgins. Graz, what's the plan there? Well, the Bengals have uh, designated T. Higgins as their franchise player, which means if nothing else happens, he'll play this year on a one-year $21.816 million contract. Now, the question becomes, what happens next? Do they find a way to get him a contract extension? If not, does he get upset and, and sort of, you know, make noise about wanting out like we've seen in recent years with receivers like Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown uh, and Devontae Adams? 
So this is the Bengals' effort to kind of keep the band together around Joe Burrow mm -hmm. as long as they possibly can. They know they have other guys coming up they have to pay, mm -hmm. some at that same <laughs> position, uh, but they really believe like the core they have around Joe Burrow is Super Bowl caliber, uh, and they want to keep it together as long as possible. This move is aimed at that. Okay, so we know who those other guys are. Mina, uh, that's Jamar Chase. Um, obviously, he needs a new deal. How would you like to see them handle this Higgins situation, Mina? Yeah, it made sense for them to tag T, and now I think you got to take some calls and see what's out there uh, because I would be very, very surprised if Cincinnati gives him an extension of the kind that he wants, knowing that they have to pay Jamar Chase and knowing that there are other issues with this roster. They may feel that they have a Super Bowl-caliber team, but this defense was not good last season. And, and you look to a team, uh, Dan mentioned the Tyreek Tyreek Hill trade, pardon me, in Kansas City, who used the assets acquired in that trade to bolster their defense, which is arguably why they won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you have to do the trade. I think there is something to be said for going all in this season while you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the roster. You can have a, an incredible offense again with Joe Burrow. But you have to be open to the possibility of moving on, knowing that it's likely to only be one year with Higgins mm -hmm. versus potentially multiple years with younger players you can acquire in the draft. They can certainly supplement the defense with what they get in a Higgins trade, but it is possible. It has happened before where we've seen a team pay a quarterback and two wide receivers significant money and win a Super Bowl. You just have to go back to the Colts nearly 20 years ago now to see it happen. So for the Bengals with T. Mm. Higgins, it's going to be a tough situation. And there is a ton of talent there at receiver. I, I, I really feel like for the Bengals, they just have to be intentional. If you're going to be a team that wants to build around those two receivers and yeah. Joe Burrow, you can do it, but you're going to have to accept you can't spend money at linebacker. You can't spend money at safety. Mm -hmm. Can't spend mm -hmm. money on the interior of the offensive line. Those mm -hmm. Colts teams were very decisive about where they spent money and where they drafted and developed talent on the cheap. And I think you have to be that intentional if you're going to spend that much money on three players, even if they're as good as Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. Yeah, and Burrow's cap hits $30 million this year. That jumps up to $46 million next year and up and up for those final five years of his deal. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Adam Schefter reporting that the top franchise tag candidates at the running back position will not be tagged before the deadline. What does this mean for their next landing spots? We discuss. And the Rams have added a game management coordinator to their staff. Mina breaks down why she thinks more teams should be doing this. NFL Live is brought to you by Disney and Kugali's Iwaju. All episodes available February 28th, only on Disney+. Plus. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. building was humming and I swear you could feel the electricity down the tunnel. They got a lot of confidence to, to just be able to go cut it loose and play and that's what I want to be able to see from our team. Deep down the left side, Puka behind the defense, touchdown LA! It's Goff back, looking, looking, throws, it is caught. I'm in Ross St. Brown, first down, Sutton can he do it? But I do think we've got a lot of really key and critical guys that we're excited about. That Rams lost to the Lions in the playoffs. They face clock management issues, using their timeouts early and leaving them unable to stop the clock in the final minutes. So to address this issue going forward, Sean McVay has hired John Stryker, who was with the Titans the last six seasons, as their new game management coordinator, and he was asked about it. Um, this game management or this game management coordinator, there's there's a select group of people that have really earned a, a great reputation around the league. I thought it was important that we put somebody in that role to be able to be, uh, you know, just more consistent and, and help me be better for our football team. And he's somebody that I'm going to really rely upon. And I think he's going to help us out a lot. Bill, this seems like a great idea. I know there's other teams with people in similar roles. Does a move like this make sense to you for McVay? It does. And certainly there's a lot of ways a game management assistant can help in terms of the, the process on game day, whether it comes to fourth down decisions. But McVay really focused on timeouts as the reason why he wanted to bring someone in to assist. And that's been a problem for them, even going back to last year. The Rams called nine timeouts on drives that began in the third quarter of game. So not late when you're gonna need those timeouts to stop the clock and control the clock. Wow. That was the most of any team in football. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's things that happen here and there. You might have a guy step on the field too late, but at the end of the day, that comes on the head coach and it's under his responsibility. So if Sean McVay can defer some of that, be a little smarter about how they use timeouts with this new help, it's gonna go a long way for the Rams when it comes to how they manage late game situations. Yeah, I don't understand why any NFL coach wouldn't want someone helping them with timeouts. I mean, uh, managing clock, you know, in addition to all the other responsibilities that come with uh, managing a game is, is hard enough. So it seems like an obvious thing to ask for help with. Um, I would say from the game management perspective, you know, Coach McVay, incredible leader, incredible play caller, has struggled to Bill's point with a few things in terms of game management over the years. Um, one of them is timeouts. Another is, and this was something that uh, I thought actually was another issue in the playoff game, fourth down aggression. There were a couple fourth downs in that game that I think he could have gone for. One that he talked about punting at, near the end of the game and only gaining about 30 yards in field position. So th those are all responsibilities that will fall likely under um, Stryker's role. And, and, and I think from their perspective in terms of hiring him from Tennessee, by all accounts, what we saw from the outside, that was a very well-run operation. And, and one where, notably, 
they had organizational buy-in from their head coach, Mike Vrabel. And I think as we look around the NFL at teams, how they integrate analytics and game management, something that really st stands out, something that was very striking in the Super Bowl is the successful teams tend to have that level of buy-in from the coach, from the players. You remember at Kansas City, the shots we got of the players talking about the overtime strategy, for example. Mm -hmm. So if the Rams can bring some of that to their team, I say, I, I mean, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. That is the critical aspect of this, right, Mina? Like, it's one thing to hire a guy. It's another thing to listen to him when, you know, when, when things are intense yeah. uh, at the end of the game in the critical situations. And I think what people need to understand, because there's a very, you know, that, that a whole analytics debate gets very, you know, gets very fraud and people get very upset. The, the reason this works in successful organizations is they've all talked about it already. The coach was in the meeting with the game management yeah. coordinator on Thursday or Friday, whenever it was. And so when mm -hmm. the situation happens in the game, that person's pretty much just reminding him what they all came up with data-wise <laughs> mm -hmm. when they were all sober during the middle of the week, when it wasn't like a, an intense end-of-game situation. Mm -hmm. So I think the key aspect of this is McVeigh bring in someone like this and then definitely listening to him right. when uh, when the recommendation comes in, whether it's a timeout, whether it's go for it on fourth down, whether it's go for two after the touchdown. These are quick fire decisions that happen in the course of a game, and it's a lot better to have someone helping you with them. If this is such a great idea, Graz, doesn't every team do this? Not everybody does, right? <laughs> To some extent, no. I, I think it's a it's a very common thing at this point where where people there are a number of people in the coach's headset during the game that can right. that are authorized to chime in on situations like this. I do think every team, if not almost every team, uh, has someone like this. And just a reminder, McVay already has somebody on his staff to keep him from running out on the field. <laughs> he has a get back coach, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Mina, right. <laughs> <laughs> which I think we all can Another use. Another thing that every coach could probably lives, right? use. <laughs> Mina, yeah, anyway, you exactly. One more thing no, to add. I, I just want to follow on. Yeah, well, Dan, you're talking about just those spur-of-the-moment decisions in the buy-in, and you talked about whether to go for two. Again, Tennessee, who previously employed John Stryker, is one of the teams that went for two, down eight, against the Miami Dolphins, and won the right. game. And that is not something, Hannah, that every team mm -hmm. is doing. More and more we're seeing coaches doing that. But it seems very clear to me that the teams with this sort of organizational buy-in from the coaching staff and their game management people are more likely to make those sorts of decisions. Uh, and the Rams joining their ranks will just make them all the more successful. Sure. And if that can be the difference with maybe even one, maybe two games per season, just to eliminate those yeah. clock management issues as much as you can, would seem totally. to be paramount. All right. Coming up next. Aaron Rodgers expected to return from injury. The Jets, though, oh, they have a myriad of problems to address this offseason. Bill is back to tell us the tactic he believes the Jets should try to fix their biggest issue. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. In 1920, halfback Fritz Pollard led the Akron Pros to a championship in the newly formed National Football League. The next season, he accepted the role of player coach, becoming the first black head coach in NFL history. Today, his impact is felt through the Fritz Pollard Alliance, an organization advocating for diversity in coaching and front office positions. Welcome back to NFL Live. The Bills won the AFC East on the final day of the regular season with their 31-14 win over the Dolphins. Meanwhile, the Jets finished third at 7-10 after Aaron Rodgers went down for the season with the Achilles tear on the fourth snap of the year. Dan Graziano on how it all went sideways and what's next for New York. The high point of the Jets 2023 season came right before kickoff of their Monday night season opener. Their new quarterback is about to come out of the tunnel. This place absolutely buzzing. Four offensive snaps later, everything changed. 11-15 to go in the opening quarter, and Aaron Rodgers is injured on the sack by Leonard Floyd. Rodgers will be back for 2024, but he's 40 years old and coming off a torn Achilles tendon. Even if he comes back flawlessly and plays like his old MVP self, the offseason mission for the Jets is clear. Once and for all, they need to fix the offensive line. He is not being protected. It doesn't matter what quarterback you bring in there. If you don't protect him, it's going to be the same result. They have the 10th pick in the first round, then they don't pick again until the third, so they need to nail that pick. Expect them to target one of the draft's top offensive tackles, such as Notre Dame's Joe Alt or Penn State's Olu Fashanu. But they'll need to find starters in depth at the other O-line spots in free agency in the middle rounds. Rodgers won't be much good to them if they can't keep him protected. Pressure coming, and he's dropped. It's Bryce Huff. The Jets have some other issues to address, like the free agency of pass rusher Bryce Huff, but make no mistake, this offseason will be centered on Rodgers. Many around the league expect the Jets to call the Raiders and see whether former Rodgers teammate Devontae Adams is available as a reliable veteran receiver to pair with Garrett Wilson. They need to clear some cap space with restructures or extensions, but once they do that, they could dive into the free agent wideout market and target someone like Michael Pittman or Mike Evans if any of them hit the market. Adding another star skill position player to a group that includes Wilson and running back Brees Hall should help them build a group that can maximize the final years of Rodgers' career. It's offense, 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 as I've said. And uh, defense is pretty good, and it would be better if our offense could do something. You know, that's obvious. Once the Jets traded for Rodgers, their win-now mission was clearly established. They've already lost one year to injury. They cannot afford to lose another. If the Jets can't use free agency in the draft to solve the problems they have on offense, then the move for Rodgers could turn out to be one of those gambles that just never pays off.
Thanks, Graz. Back with Mina and Bill. Wouldn't that be fun to see Devontae? Come to the Jets? I mean, you know, in, in fantasy land, I think that would be great. Let's start with the realities of what the Jets need the most, Mina. Where do they start? Yeah, I mean, you heard it. Need one offensive line. Need two offensive line. Need three offensive line. I mean, it's, the offensive line is clearly the most important thing for the for the Jets. And fortunately, as, as you also heard there, it is a fantastic uh, draft when it comes to offensive tackles in particular and, the, and they will have their pick of some pretty amazing prospects uh, where they're selecting as well as in the second round too I think if they decide to double up uh, beyond the offensive line a wide receiver is definitely a need uh, uh, behind Garrett Wilson they uh, could use a, a number two and then I'll throw another one out there this is a very good defense you saw that last year it was not the problem obviously but uh, safety is a weakness. Uh, Chuck Clark, who was injured last year, free agent. Jordan Whitehead's a free agent. Uh, so that's another position I would expect them to target on that side of the ball. But make no mistakes, this is entirely about the offensive line this offseason. Yeah, the Jets need to buy in bulk up front. This is a Costco situation. You need to come away with not just one or two <laughs> mm -hmm. starters up front. You need five, six offensive linemen. You need depth. You need pieces. You can't count yeah. on the starters staying healthy all year. Jets learned that the hard way last year. I do think safety is a real concern here, though, because it's not just Chuck Clark. It's not just Ashton Davis, but Jordan Whitehead, who was excellent last season as a playmaker for the Jets, is a free agent. And you could bring him back, but it's going to be expensive when you consider all the upgrades they have to make elsewhere on the offensive side of the ball. So this could be a situation where the Jets say, hey, we're going to spend less money on defense. We're going to trust that we can keep our guys around. Maybe they prioritize bringing back Bryce Huff, who was so good for them up front in their rotation last year, and spend that money on the offensive side of the ball instead. All right, if you're going to go to Costco, Bill, and look for offensive linemen in bulk, do not share your card or borrow anyone else's card or you're going to get in trouble. All right, uh, Dan Graziano, as the Jets await the return of Aaron Rodgers, several other teams with huge questions at quarterback. Uh, Graz, let's get you back in here, starting with Tampa Bay. What's the latest on Baker Mayfield? Yeah, Baker Mayfield, the remaining years of his contract voided uh, last week, so he'll be a free agent uh, if they don't get him re-signed. The Buccaneers don't get him re-signed by the start of the league year. Uh, he played very well for them. They would love to have him back. The question is, what's the deal, and, and can they get to one? Unlikely to be franchised. They have other guys, including safety Antoine Winfield, that they'd probably prefer to use the franchise tag on, but they'll try and see if they can get a deal done with Baker uh, before moving on to other options if they can't. And then in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, the remaining years of his contract haven't voided yet. Uh, they will do so on the last day of the league year. That means the Vikings can't franchise Kirk Cousins because uh, the contract doesn't void until after the deadline for franchise tags. So he will hit the market. The question with the Vikings is can they get him re-signed before the league year opens? Because if they don't, a $28.5 million dead money salary cap charge will accelerate onto their 2024 salary cap whether he's on the team or not. So the Vikings have been working to see if they can get him signed before that happens. If it does, they can rework that and rearrange the money somewhere. If not, they're going to carry that charge and still have to find another option at quarterback. All right. I just want to point out that that was new video of Kirk Cousins coming back yeah. from the Achilles, moving really, really well mm -hmm. on that surface. Uh, mm -hmm. What makes the most sense, Bill, uh, for, for the Cousins of it all next year? 
from his perspective, staying with the Vikings makes the most sense. Obviously, as someone with a family, he gets to stay put, doesn't have to move anywhere else. But in terms of the on-field fit, he already knows he has plenty to work with there. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, when he returns from injury, TJ Hawkinson, that's three first-round picks at receiver. Not many teams in football are going to offer a more exciting receiving core than what Cousins is going to have to work with in Minnesota. Plus, you're playing half your games in a dome. You already know the coaching staff. You already know the scheme. And Dan pointed out how it's a good fit for the Vikings in terms of getting the cap situation right by signing Cousins. Just think there's incentives to make this work from both sides. I'm with Bill. Uh, I think that the Vikings should want to keep Kirk Cousins. I think they probably do want to keep Kirk Cousins. They saw what life was like without him last year. They also mm -hmm. saw how well he played last season before he got hurt. Um, you know, it, when Kirk was healthy, Last year, he was second in the NFL in completion percentage over expected, which basically uh, looks at a quarterback's throws and how difficult they are. Uh, he had the lowest off target percentage in the entire league. And, and I would count myself amongst people who have been impressed by him increasingly as his career has progressed uh, more so than earlier in his career. I think he's gotten better as a quarterback. I think he's gotten more aggressive. He's been more of a playmaker, and I think he is a very good fit for that Vikings offense. Uh, the question, of course, is money because, as Dan touched on there, Kirk Cousins, legend at the bank, oh, yeah. uh, timed this up perfectly with the cap going up and, and him hitting free agency again. And if he wanted, he could make a lot of it. But I do think there's incentive for him to stay in Minnesota because it's a very good situation. I mean, has anybody played that game better than Kirk Cousins? He is the Yeah, you got to give it to him. Props. You really, really do. All right, you guys, let's move on. We will be right back because we're going to discuss that Eagles offense, which really struggled in the second second half of the season. What happened to them down the stretch? We're going to check in with Bill why he thinks Kellen Moore could actually help answer a lot of their questions when NFL Live continues. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The F1 season starts Saturday morning with the Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix right here on ESPN and the app as Max Verstappen begins his quest for a fourth straight drivers championship he is so dominant Grand Prix Sunday begins our pre-race coverage at 8:30 a.m. Eastern 5:30 Pacific well Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver AJ Brown called into a sports radio show on Friday addressed rumors about his future with the team saying that rumors of friction between himself and Jalen Hurts were quote total BS Brown made it clear that despite the team coming up short in the playoffs, he does want to remain in Philly. Here's what Brown had to say. Let's start with that one about your feelings about being a Philadelphia Eagle now and for the foreseeable future. I have no problem. I want to be here. It's as simple as that. I love where I'm at. It's as simple as that. Next question. Okay, so with that, we look at what's on trend around the NFL. I'm going to give a stat, and you guys are going to tell me if that trend continues next season. First, the Eagles. They have two new coordinators again after their late season swoon. Their offense collapsed in the final six games, ranking in the bottom ten in offensive points per game, touchdown to interception, radio yards per attempt, and turnovers per drive. Bill, I put it to you, does that trend continue next season? No, I think they improved next year because of what they added this offseason with Kellen Moore. I believe he's going to give Jalen Hurts help in a situation he needed it last year, and that's with pass pressure in his face. The Eagles didn't have the sort of hot routes and side adjustments other offenses have, and it hurt the Eagles' offense. Jalen Hurts took too many sacks, and he was 29th in completion percentage in the league when pressured last season. So no more 50-50 balls as a solution. Give Jalen Hurts easy, hot reads, get the ball out quick, keep him fresh throughout the year. I believe Kellen Morris on other places, he can do it for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Okay, let's head down 95 to the nation's capital where the Commanders had one of the worst defenses in the league last year, ranking last in points and yards per game. They ranked 31st in both yards per play and efficiency. But Mina, Dan Quinn is now at the helm. Does that trend continue or does Washington get that defense turned around? Well, it would be hard to be worse than last, so I think that they'll be better. Um, in part because th this team has a ton of cap space, most in the NFL, actually, to try to fix that defense. Now, there's a lot of holes both in the second, I would actually say at all three levels, uh, but the one that stands out the most, the one that I suspect they will address in free agency, is the pass rush. What's curious is that uh, they traded away both of their edge rushers last year, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Sweat went on to have great success in Chicago and got a big contract there. So can't help but wonder, why didn't you just keep Montez Sweat and pay him with all this money you have? But the situation is gone. There are some very enticing agents, free agents, Daniel Hunter, for example, uh, who could potentially be available, and I suspect they'll go after one of them. Yeah, that was a really curious move. All right, Mina, let's jump over to the AFC East. Uh, the Dolphins boasted one of the league's best pass rushers. According to they ranked first in pressure percentage, second in sack percentage, and this despite blitzing at the sixth lowest rate in the league. So Graz, Vic Fangio is gone. Vance Joseph is in. Do you expect more of the same next season from the Miami D? 
Well, obviously, there's a change there. Anthony Weaver, uh, defensive coordinator there in Miami, uh, there'll be a change in the scheme and in the philosophy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there will be a lot of changes there. Also, think about their pass rush. Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, their two star edge rushers, are guys that they expect to get back, but they were injured late in the season. So it's possible that one or both of them might not be ready to start the season. Andrew Van Ginkle is a free agent. Manuel Ogba was cut last week in a salary cap mm. uh, cost-cutting move. So the Dolphins have some issues to address on that line. They're still projected to be about $30 million over the cap, so it may be a position where they look early in the draft for, for an edge rusher. Yeah, listen, they had 56 sacks last year, first time in team history. They had 50 or more, but they were just 22nd in scoring defense. Thanks, Graz. Coming up, looks like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry, all of those stars are going to be hitting free agency after Adam Schefter reported they will not be franchise tagged before the deadline. We'll discuss what's next for them after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. UFC event exclusively on ESPN Plus is coming your way Saturday afternoon. The prelims begin at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, followed by the main card, highlighted by the heavyweight main event. Well, Adam Schefter is reporting that in contrast to last season when Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard all received franchise tags, it appears that no, no running backs will be tagged this year, making this one of the finest and deepest running back classes in the history of free agency. Uh, that's according to Shefty and Graz. Uh, that tag number just under 12 million for running backs. What do we expect this running back market to look like when free agency begins on March 13th? Uh, like a desert on <laughs> Neptune. Oh, no. like, they're they're in trouble. Like this is. This Schefter report is bad news for all of these guys because, like, all of the market factors that led to last year's controversy and, and, and varying degrees of holdouts and Zoom calls about the state of the running back market, all those factors are still present in this year's market. And now you are flooding the market with high-quality available guys, which is only going to drive prices down. Look, it is possible that there's a team out there that says, hey, we really need Saquon Barkley. He's special. He, he fits with us. Or same Derrick Henry, whatever. That, that could happen for one or two of these guys. But, you know, Schefter also reporting the Giants want to talk to Saquon about an extension. He might want to listen because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's likely he's not going to find what he's dreaming about if he does hit the open market. 
Yeah, it is tricky because with running backs, it can be hard to sort of separate their production from their surroundings. For example, looking at some of the names that are available, Josh Jacobs, electric a couple years ago. Last year, production goes way down. Saquon Barkley was, you know, excellent a couple seasons ago when Daniel Jones was running next to him. Last year, running into all these stacked boxes, the run blocking wasn't great. Uh, one of the metrics, though, I do like to look at is uh, next-gen stats, rushing yards over expectation, which tries to basically isolate how much a running back is actually responsible for. And I was surprised to see Saquon actually finishing 11th there, which would be higher than I would have expected based on what I saw last year. So. To me, that bodes well for his improved play in better circumstances, but you have to improve those circumstances, which honestly should be the priority of a team like New York. And on top of that, when you consider all these running backs hitting the free agent market, we're going to see the same thing that happened last year, which is we're going to see running backs who are on significant contracts on their current team get squeezed and asked to take pay cuts. Mm -hmm. We saw it last year with Dalvin Cook getting released. Joe Mixon took a pay cut to stay with the Bengals. This year you have guys like Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, even Joe Mixon again. All those yep. teams are going to go to those guys and say, hey, you see what's out there on the open market. Either you take a pay cut and stay with us, or we're going to put you back out there, maybe sign one of those guys to replace you. So it's going to be brutal, not just for the running backs who are currently free agents, but for guys who are one year away from hitting the market mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and what do we talk about all the time, by the way, how important the running game is, the success of the quarterback, uh, and yet here we are. All right, but in terms of show me the money, that would be the wide receivers. All right, there is a plethora of talent potentially available with Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., Calvin Ridley headlining this wide receiver free agent market. Some other impact players, Gabe Davis, Tyler Boyd, Hollywood Brown, any of these with the exception of Boyd, by the way, could be tagged. As we told you earlier, the Bengals already used their tag on T. Higgins. So, Mina, we also know this could be a great wide receiver draft. Given that, how do you see the landscape in terms of teams trying to bolster their wide receiving core? I'll start by saying I've been watching the wide receivers in this draft over the last week to get ready for the combine. It's not a great wide receiver draft. It is an incredible wide receiver draft. Like the first <laughs> two rounds of the draft are going to be stock full of just outstanding receiver prospects. Obviously seeing Marvin Harrison Jr. is the top uh, guy in the draft, Malik Neighbors out of LSU, Roman Dunze in Washington. But beyond that, you can uh, get an amazing wide receiver prospect with, I would say, even like the eighth, tenth wide receiver off the board. And that will undoubtedly affect the way teams look at free agents, um, as well the play of young wide receivers over the last five years generally. We've just seen so many rookies produce so quickly in the NFL. In fact, this season of the top 10 wide receivers in yards per route run, eight are still on their rookie contracts. Now, mm -hmm. I would advocate for teams paying some of those eight receivers. Justin Jefferson's coming up. Uh, but I have to think that when you start thinking about how you spend your money, if you're a team, you look at this wide receiver draft, you look at the success of young wide receivers, and it probably causes some hesitation when it comes to spending money at that position, knowing you can get the production on the cheap. 
Yeah, I mean, someone like a Mike Evans is going to get paid either way. He's right. the name brand, so consistent. He's going to get his money either way. But that second, that third tier of wide receivers, where you have questions about what they can do. Someone like a Darnell Mooney, who had a thousand-yard season two years ago, hasn't been able to come close since because of injuries yeah. and a run-heavy offense. Someone like Hollywood Brown, where we know what he can do on a play-by-play -play basis. He was great the first half of 2022 with Kyler Murray, but he got hurt, then Kyler got hurt. They never really got back on the same page in Arizona. Those guys, Odell Beckham, Gabe Davis, guys who are good but inconsistent, maybe have an injury history in Odell's case. Gabe has not been able to get targets on a regular basis. Those guys are going to get squeezed because there's so many talented whiteouts in the draft, but it might be a better deal for them than going out and signing one of those guys to a multi-year pack. I mean, and what Mina said about the rookies, yeah. I mean, look at what Puka has done, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Graz, all of them, a 1,400 receiving yards as a rookie. Yeah, and I think you know, to the points that Mina and Bill were making, it has affected the top end of the wide receiver market. Two years ago, we saw an explosion with guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, but then last year, when Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and those guys were looking for extensions, uh, they couldn't get any traction, and they still haven't. So we're still waiting for those deals to come in. Maybe that pushes the top of the wide receiver market a little bit, but it's worth noting that the two-time defending Super Bowl champs uh, are a team that, that hasn't been paying wide receivers. Yeah, very good point. Point. All right, time for one more thing before we go. And today we tip our cap to an absolute legend in the industry, Peter King, announcing his retirement after covering the NFL for 44 years and beyond his singular columns every week. The three-time National Sports Writer of the Year has impacted so many young journalists, people coming up in the business, including a few on this very show. And Graz, maybe some people don't know this about you. You didn't start your career covering the NFL. How did yeah. Peter help? you as you actually changed your beat from baseball to football yeah about 15 years ago after covering Major League Baseball for 14 years and then transitioning uh, to that look I, I was looking for people who could help and I knew Peter lived in Jersey probably read my stuff in the Star Ledger when I was covering baseball so I reached out to him I mean when I say Hannah this guy was on the phone with me for an hour and a half going through like specific ways to, to start covering the league, specific people to reach out to. Uh, couldn't have been more generous with his time and advice. Checked in on me as the time went on to see how I was doing uh, throughout the years. Obviously, we've maintained a friendship. And, and what really strikes me is, I mean, that means an awful lot to me, obviously, in retrospect. But over the years, just knowing that a lot of other people have similar stories about Peter. That is wonderful. Bill, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, Peter King, very early in my career, reached out to me. I got that text saying, hey, it's Peter King, call me. And I almost couldn't believe it was his number, you know? Like, I thought it might have been one of my friends pranking me. But I, I gave it a call. It was Peter on the other line. And he wanted to touch base with me. He wanted to see what I thought about the MVP race that year. We went through some of the numbers, and I kept thinking... Does Peter know he has the right guy on the phone? Was he, was he calling some other Bill he wanted to get in touch with? But it was such a such a moment for me where I felt like, okay, if Peter King believes yeah. I have something to add to the conversation or I can make him smarter, I really feel like I've accomplished something. And Peter's done that not just for me, but so many young writers out there. That, that's just an incredible legacy in and of itself. And I just want to point out that he also mentioned in his final column that one of the things that makes him the most optimistic about the future is the smart women who know the game and cover it. And Mina Kimes, mm. your name was the very first name that he mentioned. <laughs> oh, that's, that's 
Very nice. I, 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 I would say Peter has introduced me to a lot of young writers <laughs> who he has advocated for, including yep. a young woman named Kaylin Collar who comes to mind. Um, and, and, and just that is such a striking legacy to yep. leave. I tell you opinion. what, we just all have to pass it on, don't we? Thanks, everybody, for joining us for NFL Live.